1: It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Insiders. I am James Ham. Joining me today, Jesse Tabia, filling in for... Kyle Madsen, who's under the weather still, but he should be back relatively soon. Jesse, we got some stuff to talk about today. We do. I was very excited to
0: see the show this morning. The vibes are up. We're going to talk sports. I mean, one more could you want? The vibes are up. I don't know if the vibes are all that far up when it comes to Sacramento Kings, but... Their vibes. They need
1: to work on their vibes. Our vibes, though, we're, we're up today. Our vibes are here. Our vibes. we If you're here for vibes, we will bring you the vibes, right? Uh, the Super Bowl is over and done with. It goes down as one of the greatest, uh, the most watched shows of all time. 1.23, let's see, 123.4 million people tuned in to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, That's up 7% from last year. 202 million tuned in
0: for at least part of the game. Jesse, is that just crazy? It's a crazy number, but it's not shocking, right? I, I kind of figured, like, I was expecting some kind of, like, not world record, but, you know, some record number for the Super Bowl just with Taylor Swift in it and all that. I just, you know, I was expecting something big. It's crazy, but it's not shocking, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I mean, 7%, a 7% bump, that doesn't seem like the the Taylor Swift effect really. I mean, it's it was a good game, and I think people yeah, that, tuned that in because they're like, okay, these are the two best teams, so that's going to be why a huge amount of people tune in. Then you have a whole bunch of people like like my mom who, like, texts me every day on Super every Super Bowl Sunday, uh, you know, whoever she's – watching that day, which is the only day she ever watches the NFL. I don't even think she knows what football is, and then all of a sudden she knows who's playing that day, which is weird to me.
0: There's also the aspect Patrick Mahomes does bring in viewers too. Oh he does. Yeah, he does bring in the casual. So yeah, just everything mixed in all together. Yeah, I'm not I'm not shocked. But it is a, it is an insane number.
1: I also think the 49ers bring in viewers. Yeah. Like the the 49ers are one of the NFL storied franchises. I we get kind of lost in that because we're here in, in Northern California, but they are still like a huge draw, uh both nationally, globally, everything else.
0: Yeah, they're one of the top tier NFL franchises as far as like the Pittsburgh Steelers and all that. Yeah, I, I think it's so kind of too. like where they're going to have that following no matter what I think. Because, you know, you know, there's always, there's always going to be Montana fans everywhere from the 80s and stuff like that, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that um the Steelers, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and, and then probably, I know it's weird, but... The Raiders have a lot of fans. Yeah, they do. I feel bad for them all of them, but they they do have a lot of fans.
0: I I love Raider fans cuz they're just they're lo- they're loyal. They they're loyal.
1: That's all you can call them. You know, it's funny. They're loyal when they they literally follow the mis- the most disloyal franchise in the history of professional sports. I mean, who who among us has not followed a sports
0: franchise at least a couple of times?
1: Yeah, but it's one thing to beat you up and because they don't get there, but it's another thing to Take your team to LA and then back to Oakland and, and then team to Las Vegas. Like they're a disloyal group as as a franchise. It's almost like you know uh, they they put up a tent and move from one town to the next. They're like the Cirque of the uh, of the NFL.
0: It's also hard for fans too though because they do move to cool cities. I'm to Los Angeles. I'll go to Los Angeles to watch the Raiders or whatever. If I'm a Raiders fan, I'll go in and all that. Vegas, like it, it, they are making it tough for the fans to live.
1: Yeah, but you know the one good thing about the NFL is that it's only for home games. There's only eight or nine home games a year, and so it's not that bad for fans to hop on a. You know, it's what maybe 150 bucks to get down to Vegas. You could even go down in the morning and come back and not, and still and not even have to pay for a hotel room, or you could just you know have a good weekend in Vegas and spend like three thousand dollars because Vegas weekends are just a nightmare. Um, but uh I definitely think that the NFL is kinda of built for that, you know, to go to Vegas for a weekend. It's that's where I think major league baseball is just making a tremendous mistake with the A's because there's a way that they're gonna sell out and
0: everything about this is it's not gonna work. It's, oh yeah, it's everything all says. there.
1: No, I, I totally agree. Um as we close the book on the Super Bowl and and with that the uh the two thousand twenty three, two thousand twenty four NFL season. Like the Niners have a lot of question marks going forward. You know, they're, I, I think that a lot of things got answered in the Super Bowl as far as like Brock Purdy is your guy moving forward, um, at least from my view. But also I think, you know, there's something like $43 million over the cap going into this offseason, and they've got to make some cuts. They've got to figure out a way to fine-tune the roster some way. Uh, what do you think? Are are we seeing like the final iteration of this group, or do you think we're gonna they're gonna be able to stretch this thing out for another three or four years?
0: We'll get one more year of this core group right here, like this group as it is that lost in the Super. We will get one more year of them. I think like Chase Young might leave in free agency, but he does. He's not. I don't want to say insignificant, like in a bad way, but more so like that's not gonna affect them. We're like they're not gonna get back to the Super or whatever. They have, they're gonna have one more run they can they can make. I don't know if they're going to make it just because. I mean, we were reaching Buffalo Bills territory in the '90s, where they'd like going to go to like four straight Super Bowls. They did have the NFC Championship game against the Rams, they lost to, but Rams won the Super Bowl that year. So, like, you're going to have this much continued success. That's kind of difficult. But I think they have one more shot before it's kind of like, all right, we're going to move some pieces around, and it's going to look a little different.
1: Man, that hurts. You just compared the the '90s Buffalo Bills.
0: To They're the-, the modern day version of it to me.
1: Oh, that's tough.
0: Just because, like, like you had the Super Bowl in the um, 2019 or whatever, then. Um, I think that was the 2020 year they got hurt. So, whatever, that's whatever. And then they lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship game, where, like I said, Rams won the Super Bowl that year. And then um, this year, like they're one of the four best teams. And honestly, you could say one of the two best teams for the most part. And they just can't get it done. Like everyone thought it was this year, too. Like, this is their best shot. They got Chase Young. They have everything they need. And it just didn't happen again.
1: Yeah, really, really tough. Uh, I would expect minor tweaks. I mean, I'm sure that they're going to try to try to do something and, and they're going to have to figure out a way to, to clear up salary, uh, salary cap space. Um, there are all kinds of mechanisms. Like I know the the NBA, like CBA inside and out, but the NFL is a whole nother beast. Like, like trying to figure out how they convert guys from, you know, they, they give them their, their salary bonuses and then they convert those bonuses to salary a couple of years later. Like, it gets really, really dicey and really complex, and I don't know that I could walk through it all and figure out the path for the 49ers to get, like, salary cap solvent this year.
0: Yeah, that's not a job for us, James, thankfully. Thankfully. Some some, some person <laughs> in some office has to deal with that. Uh, that that's
1: awesome. Uh, the San Francisco Giants got on the board. They landed a 32-year-old Jorge Soler uh, on a three-year, $42 million deal. Soler is a guy, you know, he's a... Um, He's from Cuba. Uh, he's sort of followed the Cespedes um, uh, sort of pathway to, to Major League Baseball. I know the A's were interested in him when he was a young player coming over from Cuba. Uh, last year, he batted 250 with 36 homers, 75 RBI with the Marlins. Um, he's intriguing to me. He's primarily a DH at this point. But my concern with him is that he had 36 home runs this last year and walked away from, like, a $9 million guaranteed salary so he could go make it rich. He also did this one other time where he hit 48 homers in 2019. Outside of that, the 48 homer year and the 36 homer year, he's never hit more than 14 homers.
0: Yeah, this is a uh, Giants had to sign somebody move. Like, he's a decent player and all that, but it's not like...
1: Well, he's got to be, like, middle of... Well, I don't think middle of your order bat. Like, I think he's a five-six hitter maybe for them he's higher than that but like in a in a perfect world he's probably like a 5-6 hole hitter for you
0: yeah he'll, he'll he'll fit in there he'll hit some home runs or whatever maybe hit in the triples alley or whatever they call it out there but like
1: mm, meh whatever it doesn't move the, it doesn't move the needle for you it
0: doesn't do anything they'll finish fourth fifth or whatever
1: we all know who <laughs> that division belongs to that's brutal uh Jesse's not in on the Jorge Soler not. signing he's out uh let's get to this Victor uh game last night 27 points 14 rebounds 5 assists 10 blocks
0: this is better than Jorge Soler right here
1: right there okay so you believe this to be better than Jorge Soler
0: definitely I I buy I buy into this right here the dude's insane like I was talking talking to you about it before the show who's to say he doesn't get a quadruple double sometime this year sometime in his career where he's putting up points rebounds um assists and blocks like this dude is insane
1: yeah I think the only player that I can remember ever getting the quadruple double, maybe I'm wrong. David Robinson. David think, Robinson right? is the only one that I remember like in most of my time watching basketball. I think that there is someone else's uh, like, there's probably 10 of them uh, all time, I think, but I'm not sure who they are. Uh, maybe I should, I should research that at the break. I'll look it up. Like who... yep.
0: Yeah, with 1B2, like it's kind of crazy because it feels like the Spurs, they kind of got them um, like, um, in bubble wrap still like they're not fully unleashing him I feel like. So it's like he's doing all this in limited time right now. So it's like once he gets his career going and they get like decent players or like better players around him and all that like it's just going to elevate.
1: I'm really excited to see what he looks like in like 2 3 years because um we've seen it even with Keegan Murray how he he was able to like rebuild his body in in his first off season. And I kind of want to see what a pro staff that working with Women Yama every day. I mean, before he got to the NBA, he, he had never lifted weights at all. Like he does all these strange exercises. Have you ever seen him do like his foot exercises? No, I haven't seen it. Where he like literally walks across the floor like basically squishing his feet up. Like he has all kinds of strange exercises that they've worked uh, to help with his flexibility and make sure that, you know, his, his small muscle fibers, wrists, elbows, shoulders, Ankles, knees are all strong, but no weights yet, and I'm kind of intrigued to see what he looks like once the weight room hits. Um, we've got a Kings game tonight. Can't wait. Yeah, the Kings face the Phoenix Suns. On national TV too, TNT game. TNT game. This is exciting. There's a lot riding on this game. I think so too. I don't I don't like saying that there's a lot riding on a game with 30 games left in the season, but Jesse, there's a lot riding on this game.
0: These are the teams around you or whatever, and you want to see how you, not how you stack up, but more so like... Like the Suns are half game. I don't know exactly what they're. They're probably about. I think they're half game actually up on the Kings right now. Like you don't want to make it a full game or a game and a half or anything like that. Like you do want to stick around. You don't want to get stuck in the playing game either, and the playing matchups. So like these games do matter.
1: Yeah. So as of right now, the Kings are tied with a virtual tie with the the Dallas Mavericks for the number seven slash number eight seed in the Western Conference, but. The Suns are half game up on them, and uh, I think you can throw the Pelicans in there too. The Pelicans, we'll, we'll get into a much larger discussion about this in just a little while. But this is—it really does feel like it's a big game, especially with the way the Kings have been teetering between you know great to to bad on almost a nightly basis. Well, we go,
0: we go from the Pistons dud to the Nuggets. Oh wow, they blew them out. To the Thunder, oh, they didn't even show up today. What do we get today?
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, we're going to step aside. When Jesse and I come back, we're gonna we're gonna dive into this matchup between the Kings and the Phoenix Suns. It's a big one. Uh, again, national TV. You're going to be out there in front of a big audience. And the Sacramento Kings need to show, uh, figure out how to put on a better show than what they have against some of the teams that they've played lately. Uh, we're the Insiders here on ESPN 1320. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: Now, back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
1: Welcome into the Insiders. I am James Ham. Joining me today, Jesse Tapia filling in for Kyle Madsen. The Sacramento Kings take on the Phoenix Suns tonight in Phoenix. I, I don't even, at this point, Jesse... I don't even look up what they're they're calling the Phoenix Arena anymore. I, I don't even know. Like, do we it, even
0: know what it is off the top of our head right now?
1: No, it's walking something, or it used to be the talking I mean, stick. Talking stick or walking stick? It might just be Phoenix Suns Arena now. I think. No, it, it does have another name again. I'm finding this out right now. Let me yeah. pro- let me produce real quick. I don't know. That's for me. Um, so first of all, the late great. Uh, Greg Van Dusen, the late, great Greg Van Dusen. It's the Footprint Center, by the way, now. The Footprint Center, okay. Um, he, whether this is 100% accurate or not, but he always claimed that it was his idea to name to go out and sell the naming rights to Arco Arena. And Arco Arena, like, realistically changes the landscape. Like, when Arco Arena sells, uh, when they, they sell the naming rights to what, I don't know, would be, like, Sacramento Arena whatever, that was like the first time there was a naming rights deal.
0: Oh, really? I didn't even know that.
1: Yes. So they ended up getting a little bit of money. It wasn't even that much, but it was a long-term deal with Arco. And, you know, for years and years, I mean, I still, we have Arco 1, we have Arco 2. I still, like, when you think of that building, it should be Arco. It shouldn't be Power Balance. Power Balance Pavilion? Pavilion. It Was it Pavilion or Arena? And, and then it went to Sleep Train um like i i don't like i wasn't okay with any of that
0: like yeah, but, it was like the stable centers in crypto like you're, i'm not calling it crypto it's still staples it's still staples right so is crypto even is that even a business still no i don't think it like
1: i'm not sure is. like i well i mean if it is they're being sued by somebody or yeah that was a
0: wild run that um that, that year
1: yeah yeah they're uh they're like the new com, and and it's like it's worked out for some people but other oh, so much anyway uh the Sacramento Kings are rolling into that arena in Phoenix, uh, Arizona, a huge game, Jesse. So this is they're going to uh, like drum roll, you know, finish up the the first the pre All Star break schedule with a back to back tonight in Phoenix on TNT, followed by in Denver tomorrow, which is no longer the Pepsi Center; it's now something else as well. Uh, so, what what are your first thoughts when you think, oh no? The, the Phoenix Suns followed by the Denver Nuggets to finish this thing off.
0: First thoughts is take it in time. Right now you got a game where the Phoenix Suns are half game ahead of you. Ramsey in the chat brought it up during um the break. You win this one, you win the season series. They do have another game coming up due to the in-season tournament, right? With um a fifth game? Yeah, they have a fifth game. So they have a fifth it. game, so you do have some sense. some breathing room or whatever, but like you don't you don't want to get to that point. You wanna end it where you can because you already have lost the season series to the Pelicans. You don't want to make it to where, all right? We lost to the Phoenix Suns tonight. Now we got to take it to whenever they play again. It's like, all right, that's another high pressure game where if you lose that, it's another tiebreaker you don't have. So I think, as far as the back to backs, they got to take it a game at a time and focus fully, um, solely on the Suns today. Yeah. So the Sacramento Kings, they
1: have been really good on the first night of a back to back throughout the season. They have not been good on the second night of a back-to-back, although they've they've had some improvements. They, they've actually... Yeah, they, you could say they picked it up probably as of late. Not great, but... It's not such a big deal where we have to mention it every single time they have a back-to-back. Well, they're going to lose tomorrow, um, but there's also a good chance that they could lose tomorrow. It's the Denver Nuggets. So it's a very good team. Not only that, but you go from Phoenix and then you fly to Denver, so it's a late-night flight. Uh, it's not an easy place to get into, and the elevation is always a killer, so... Um, I would expect if you're going to get the the A game from the Kings, it would probably be tonight and not tomorrow, uh, especially with the impending, you know, All-Star break. Everyone's just ready to pack their bags and get out the door. Um, kind of an interesting side note. I think everybody believes that the next player to get into the All-Star game, if there was an injury, would be Damanis Sabonis. But here we are. Like the All Star, All Star weekend is this weekend. It sure does feel like there's not going to be an injury replacement in the Western Conference.
0: Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say so. I don't think we've even heard any rumblings that that like, could happen. I don't think like any players who, oh, he might not play this weekend in the All Star game or whatever. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, just one of the most uh, ridiculous. It's, which is insane because it's always, I'm going to take it back to Will Z last week. He brought it up on D Lo and KC. Like, Demonis Abonis is putting up like this, this, and that since Will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I guess we're just not putting him in the All-Star game, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's one of the most ridiculous things you've ever seen, right? It is. He leads the league in triple-doubles with 17. He leads the league in double-doubles with, so I think it's 48, including 35 consecutive. He leads the league in rebounding. He's, like, fifth or sixth in the league in assists at, like, 8.2 or 8.3 a game. He's averaging almost 20 a game. Like, the stats say he's an All-Star, and for him not to be in the All-Star game is is Disrespectful. Ridiculous. It is. Maybe he should go just go out there and like like make his own create his own roster spot tonight or tomorrow night. Just Why not? Like, okay, Kevin Durant, you're gonna come inside? Nope. How about you miss the All Star game? I, I'm for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Devin Booker, you wanna come in my house? Nope. No All Star game for you this weekend. I'll take your spot. Maybe he can clear enough space in the next two games between Jokic and and <laughs> just play your way into the game. <laughs> yeah, Somehow, Kevin play Durant your way into the game. And Devin Booker, maybe he can he can clear enough space for him and Fox to get into the All-Star game. Like, hey, man, I got us. We're going. Like, Fox is like, I don't want to go. He's like, no, no, I got us. I got us, bro. Yeah, Fox going like, off to
0: the corner like, I'm good.
1: No, no, man. Like, don't do it. He's. Like, I'm, I'm with Fox, oh, though. No.
0: Get, let's give Fox a break.
1: Yeah, I'm going to grab Keon Ellis by his skinny little ankles, and I'm just going to swing him around the court and uh, knock both KD and uh, Devin Booker out of this game, and we're going to win. Like, All Maybe right. KD wants to take the weekend off and give us a at spot. That's right. We do have an official... Sasha Vazenkov, uh, injury update, uh, Sasha Vazenkov injured his right ankle during practice on Friday, February 10th. Imaging confirmed Vazenkov suffered a grade three right ankle sprain. That is catastrophic. They will reevaluate him in four to six weeks. That's from the Sacramento Kings. That's breaking news. As we speak right now, grade three is the most severe. It does mean that he detached or snapped the ligament in his ankle. And now it's got to reconnect, um, De'Aaron Fox a couple of years ago took, I think it was like one of the fastest ever like getting back from a grade three, and it took seven weeks. Uh, He missed twenty games. Um, Most players are out eight to twelve, so this is a long term injury for Sasha Zinkov. Yeah, this is
0: is tough, just especially because he hasn't been able just to find a flow this season. Then this, like it's forty six weeks or whatever. I'd call it right now. He's probably not going to play much when he's coming back. I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm also going to point out it was not on Friday. They didn't practice on Friday. They practiced on Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl, so their injury update is slightly incorrect. It was on Saturday uh, when I, I guess they f- they flew into Oklahoma uh, because I, I talked to Sasha and he played Friday night and everything was A-OK. Um, let's get to uh, projected starters. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns, we've got Bradley Beal. We've got Devin Booker, uh, Grayson Allen, who, who has torn up the Kings a couple of times, Kevin Durant, and Yusuf Nurk, uh, Nurkic, uh, projected starters for the Sacramento Kings, the standard starters, Fox, Herder, Barnes, Murray, Sabonis. Uh, and then, of course, we like to do here is the matchup to watch.
0: For you, what is the matchup that you want to see tonight? Stay so our Fox versus Devin Booker. Let me see the stars versus the stars. You want to see uh, the Kentucky connection? I want to see the Kentucky connection. I want to see De'Aaron Fox. I want to see him step
1: up today, too. I think that that's the biggest thing, right? You need to see De'Aaron Fox find a way to step up. De'Aaron Fox has been all over the board lately. And like just even the energy level, you can see kind of lackluster at times. It feels like, I don't want to say he's coasting in, but it feels like he's coasting in on fumes into the all-star break. Like so, this.
0: So when you say coasting, you mean like he's gassed probably and he's just kind of like like just kind of I need to get to the all-star break. I don't think he's mailing it in. Yeah. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is
1: he looks like he's run out of juice. I got you. He's gassed and, up. And he needs a he needs a week off to to decompress, to get right mentally, to get right physically, um, spend some time with the family, maybe go on a, a vacation. But uh that's kind of where we're at with Fox at this point. But you got two games left here, and these are big games, and you need to show up for your team and figure out a way to fight through it. And that's kind of where I'm at.
0: And hey, you might be roughed up or whatever, but like, you're the star of the team. You kind of just, that's its kind of what comes with it, being the star of the team. We kind of, we still need you, um, leading up to this all star, but we got two important games right here, and you kind of, like, you can't, like, a role player or whatever. Maybe he can get away with it, but you lead this team. So yeah, the Kings do need him these next two games, no matter how he's feeling.
1: Outside of the Fox and, uh, and Booker matchup. Is there another one that stands out to you that you really want to see? You think Keegan Murray's going to guard KD at all today?
0: Yeah. That one. I think he'll
1: probably defend Booker as well.
0: I, like, one, then Ke- they, I want to see Keegan Murray defending the stars. Not primarily versus a Kevin Durant or a Devin Booker, but more so when he's guarding like those guys. I want to see him guard the stars and see how that ends up. I think that's going to be a big part of today.
1: Okay. I, I think it's also interesting because Bradley Beal is back, so you do have sort of their their three main guys and and then uh, Nurkic and uh, like to be honest, I don't think Nurkic usually plays all that well against Sabonis. Sabonis usually has his way. Yeah, Sabonis uh, get his. Yeah, he he. I think Nurkic, in my opinion, does a nice job keeping Sabonis's rebound numbers down. But overall, it doesn't feel like he's all that impactful against against Sabonis, and and he gets in foul trouble.
0: Yeah, Sabonis, Sabonis had a big game today.
1: Yeah, so I think that we've got a lot of key matchups in this game. Uh, again, I, the Fox-Booker one is the one that stands out. But, you know, Kevin Herter's going to have to figure out a way to slow down Bradley Beal, and and uh, somebody's going to have to defend, whether it's, uh, it's Keegan Murray or it's Harrison Barnes. Somebody, please, just step up today. Somebody has to defend uh, Kevin Durant, and I think that that's another issue that you have with this team. They're going to go small on you, and if the Kings don't make adjustments— then they're going to be in trouble as well.
0: That was the whole thing in the last Suns game, I think it was, when the Kings blew that massive lead. Oh, they went small against us. All right, well, you better have a game plan for that today. That's right. That's right.
1: All right, well, we're going to step aside when we come back. We'll have more Sacramento Kings coverage here on The Insiders. Now, back to The
0: Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
1: Welcome back into the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. I am James Ham, joining me Jesse Tapia with Kyle Madsen out today. Um, this is a huge game tonight. We're we were just talking about, you know, how the Sacramento Kings need to figure out a way to sort of you know string some wins together here before they hit the they hit the all-star break. But I think it's also, Jesse, the conversation has to shift to just where the Kings are at in the standings, right? So as of right now, the Pelicans are at thirty-two and twenty-two. The Suns are at thirty-one and twenty-two. The Kings are at thirty and twenty-two, and the Mavs are at thirty-one and twenty-three. And so you got these four teams that are vying for the six, seven, eight, and nine. Where I think five, six, seven, yeah, 8. yeah, eight. 8, right? And and for those who paying attention. The seven and eight are not playoff spots. Those are what we call play-in spots, and your spot in the playoffs is not secured. you got to win your way in. So as of right now, you've got four teams really bunched together, and it's by nothing like again half
0: game, I think between the Kings and the Suns right now. And I think the Mavs just might be like just one game behind the Pelicans who are five and eight right there between those guys.
1: Exactly. Well, the, uh, the Kings and the Mavs are in a virtual tie, like 30 and 31 wins, but 22 for the Kings and 23 losses for the Mavs. So the Mavs have one more win, but one more loss. So like by, by percentage points, the Kings are ahead of them in the stand. Realistically, they're tied. So again, we have this, this crowded field right now. The Kings are two and one against the Suns on the season, but we talked about they still have two more games because it's this thing um, uh, anomaly, right? Then on top of that, they are two and zero against the Mavs, and they're zero and four against the Pelicans. So, plus the Pelicans, yeah, not great there, not great at all. So, what you don't want to do is tie for like the seven spot or the sixth spot with the Pelicans and lose tiebreakers at the end of the year. But this group of four. Which one sort of sticks out to you that that maybe is the scariest of the group?
0: For, like, for the, like, it was scariest for the Kings? Well, scariest for the Kings, but the or Kings Or just the big bad team of this group. Yeah, the Kings can't lose to them anymore. I guess the <laughs> big bad team of this group is the Suns, I guess. Okay. Just because they got the stars right now. And the Kings, like, I can't put any, I don't want to say faith in the Kings, but it's just kind of like I can't defend the Kings right now just because they're too, they're too inconsistent to defend. I think right now the Suns have been playing better as of late, so yeah. As far as like the scares, it's the Suns right now. I think.
1: Yeah, but I would I would say that all of these teams, to a certain degree, have struggled. They they haven't been able to string together long play uh, long winning streaks or, or streaks that would convince you uh, that they're they're certainly none of them are in the top four in the West.
0: Yeah, they're not those teams definitely.
1: Yeah, and so we have this gap right between the where the Kings are at it, with all of these other teams, but then. The next group of teams, and they're all separated by nothing as well. Like, I, I don't know if it's one, one and a half games that separate one through four. Uh, you see Minnesota, they picked up a win against the Clippers last night. It gave them a little bit of breathing room at the top. But the other four teams, whether it's, you know, the Thunder and uh, what do we got? The Clippers, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, and and, and the Nuggets, they're all like, bunched up.
0: Yeah, the West is honestly kind of like, it's funny, kind of perfectly broken up because you got those top four teams in, in the top of the West or whatever, which is kind of a half game, game separates them. Then you got the next four teams where it's like a half game, game separates them. And then it's like the 9 10, the outside of the play. And it's like the same thing there. It's just almost perfectly balanced.
1: I think it is. You're right. You have your teams that are not going to make the playoffs, and we already know who those teams are. But then you have a group of teams. There might be some conversation as to who makes the playoffs between like the Rockets or the jazz or who makes like the 10th seed and, and is going to fight it out. Um, but realistically I I think it's kind of separating pretty clearly that it's going to be likely the Warriors and the Lakers. And and there's a possibility that either one of those teams can climb up. But for right now, they're three games back. Yeah. They're working
0: on their own thing right now.
1: They are. Yeah. I, I think the, the Warriors are playing a lot better. The Warriors and the Lakers. That's what I say. Yeah. 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 And, um, but when we get to this this group of four, right, that the Kings are locked up with, I think we have two teams that chose one path and two teams that chose the other path at the at the trade deadline, right? So the Kings and the Pelicans decide to stand pat and they're going to go with continuity, whatever that means, right? And we have the Pelicans lose, you know, the Pelicans have dealt with injuries because they always deal with injuries, but Dyson Daniels is now out long term. Um, just like the Kings just had the big blow with Sasha Vazenkov being out long term, although he's not, you know, a huge part of the rotation, right? It's, I, I think Dyson Daniels is a much bigger blow for the Pelicans. But I think we're going to be able to test the theory here about continuity and sticking with a group and trying to throw caution to the wind and get better. Do you see what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's kind of like with the Kings, um, like with well, the Suns, like they added in Royce O'Neal. They're adding some guys on the buy. I think they added in that um, is young today too. And the, the Mavs added Gafford and um, PJ Washington. Yeah. And then you throw it like you said with the, the Kings and the Pelicans. They didn't do anything with the Kings. Maybe you're kind of hoping that your move is um, that Fox is right, like refreshed after the All Star break, because right now Fox hasn't been playing. He hasn't been playing up to his standards. So maybe you think get him get him out the break. He's refreshed, ready to go, and you get back to that twenty-eight to thirty point per game, Fox. And I think that's that's kind of maybe the plus the the, the add they're banking on maybe, and also refresh team too. Like a, like now we're starting to see Harrison Barnes get his shots up and stuff like that. Maybe they, the team just they're expecting the team just to take a take that breath.
1: Yeah, and I I think when we walked into this season, everyone in the league looked at the the Phoenix Suns and said, "Oh man, your bench isn't good enough."
0: Yeah, this is kind of like. Like we don't see super teams really anymore, but like when you go for that top-heavy team where it's like a KD, Bradley, Bill, and Devin Booker, where like you're paying all these top guys right here, throwing the Nerkits or whatever because I know he's making decent money, you're going to have to—you're thinned out kind of your depth, so you're kind of look out for the buyout guys. So this is kind of like, yeah, what's expected from them.
1: Yeah, so at the deadline, they add—and it's not even that impressive of a group. Like Royce O'Neal, good defender, but they already had Josh Okogie, who's very similar as a player, Uh David Roddy. Uh, you ta- You talked about Thaddeus Young is who they, they're they adding today and then there's a possibility that they'll add Gallinari now I think that's interesting because they really are, we talk about like the Kings, will they play on the peripheral, on the fringe right, this is fringe for me, like every single one I mean Royce O'Neill probably not fringe
0: yeah Royce O'Neill's probably the best, not probably, he's the best of that group,
1: yeah he's the best of that group and, and so he's the one guy that you can kind of point to but I think it really did speak to just how bad they their roster construction was going into the season and sort of the instability that comes with having all of these top-tier players and all the salary. And and I'd also point out that there's loopholes. So, you know, the league is trying to tighten up. So we what we don't have is a bunch of really good players get bought out on their contracts and then they go and they play for the Suns or the Lakers or or the Warriors and sort of strengthen those teams after in in the buyout market. And uh the Suns are above the apron, so they're playing in that world, but it basically the players that they can go out and sign, they have to make 12 million dollars or less. They have to be mid-level exception players or below. And right now that's what you're seeing, you know, again, Thaddeus Young was a good ball player, you know, 5 years ago, but he's just more of a like back into the rotation role player at this point, and the same thing with Gallinari. And we don't know what Gallinari has in the tank at all. But you know, you saw him play a little bit for Detroit the other day.
0: These and, are yeah, they are low end guys, but I don't think they're guys you kind of you're not banking on because like at the end of the day, it's like all right, no, KD, Booker, Beal, like you guys are gonna have to do this for us. But like, I think they're expecting might be these guys just to get us a bucket when you're out there for five minutes or whatnot.
1: Yeah, just kind of hold down everything, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and, and the same thing with the Mavs. I think the Mavs made some structural changes, but uh, Daniel Gafford, he played really well in their first game and gave them a bunch of energy. Like, he's a big dude. Uh, and and there's a possibility that he he does give them a boost. And I've always liked P.J. Washington, but you also gave up Grant Williams. You gave up Seth Curry in that deal. You gave up first-round pick. They kind of they went all in on, like, a number eight seed team. That's and, kind
0: of like just... With Mark Cuban and that team does, don't know. I feel like they always just kind of go for it when it's like, Mark, you guys aren't really doing anything. That's not really who you are. You're not really that good. Exactly. Okay.
1: Yeah, and and again, I I think for, like, if you look at, you compare what they just brought in, I don't know. I I think P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford, like, if you compare what they're going to go up against with the Kings, they're, they're not good enough. They're, they're not game changers. It's
0: not a move where it's like, oh, the Mavericks just jumped the Kings or whatever. Now we should be worried about the Kings. Like, they didn't jump anyone. If anything, they kind of just solidified themselves more. So, like, you can hang in this group more.
1: Yeah, that's probably what it is. Like, their depth definitely got better. And I, and I like their moves more than I like. Well, I like their moves in the short term and just the talent they added more than I like what Phoenix did. But I also know that they gave up first-round picks and they've cleared out their cupboard. Like, yeah. they're they're pretty much all in on this roster. Which is difficult to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like, isn't isn't it kind of something you're forced to do with the Luka Doncic, though? And you got Kyrie Irving there. Like, you kind of, like, forced your hand where you kind of do have to go for it. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Because it's not like like you're going to rebuild
1: with Luka and Kyrie. Well, the problem is that you have with Luka is he's only 24 years old. Like, But he's so good now, though. He's He's been so good since he walked into the league in 2018. You're just like, holy cow, this guy's good. And I don't know, it feels like he doesn't age. Like, he he doesn't—he's always so young. I mean, yeah. I mean he's got to be 25 at some point during this season. Um, but still, he's just so incredibly good and so young that you expect him to be much older than he is, and he's just not— uh, you know, we're going to have Luka Doncic in the league um, to remind Kings fans of what they missed on in the 2017 draft— uh, I mean, 2018 draft for, for another like 12 years.
0: Yeah, with, with these four teams, because I feel like, like there's a tier, but there's an end of the tier and there's a beginning of the tier. I think the Pelicans are the beginning of the tier. Yep, Mavericks are the end of the tier. Which team do you think the Kings are closer to? Because we're only talking four teams right here, so it's a smaller group. But like, I feel like the Pelicans, like I trust them more than I trust the Mavericks.
1: Yeah, so I think it's funny. like The Pelicans, although they've thumped the Kings every time, I think if I were going to rate these these teams, I would start with Phoenix, and then I would go Sacramento, and then it would be maybe Dallas, and then the Pelicans.
0: Oh, so you go the Pelicans at the
1: end? I I would. I would. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I'm just so used to them beating up on the Kings, though. Yeah, but I think that's why. Because you know, you can say, "Well, they beat up the Kings, so they're a better team." But again, the Kings are two and zero against Dallas, and the Kings are two and one against Phoenix you know, and, and I guarantee you that's not going to be the case. If you look at Phoenix's record against the Pelicans, and if you look at, at uh, the Pelicans record against Dallas, there's no way that they're, they're that much better. Cause again, they're all around the same point in the standings. They're both, you know, all of them are around the 32, 31, 32 wins and 22 losses. So yeah, even if I look it up really fast, um, the, let's see, where are they at against the suns? This, uh, Am I going to be able to even pull this up quickly, or? And I
0: guess, like taking that question too, it's more so: are the Kings? It's like a five-six team. Do you think, or the seven-eight team? I've always thought the Kings are more of a five-six.
1: Like I, I thought they would live in the four-five-six. So yeah, and, and the Pelicans are are one against the Suns, and they are two-and-two two against against the Mavs on the season. So again, they're all beating up each other, right? Um, if I'm going to choose like where I think the Kings should finish, I think the Kings should finish around 5 or 6. Where they will finish, I have no idea. Because at what I've seen so far, especially in the month of January and early February, I don't like what I see. I don't like the team that I see.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I I think calling it right now, like they, they're not who they were last year, I think.
1: No, they're not. No, no. And, and I think that that's going to be... That's going to be one of the biggest questions, right? So last year at this time, the Sacramento Kings were were almost in the exact same spot, right? Record-wise, I think it's within a, a game or maybe it is the same record. And not only that, but you know, I, I've talked about this where they hit a switch in the second half and they just rolled, right? So the Kings did a, a great job of finishing the season. And that's kind of not where I, I thought that I didn't think that would happen, number one, but also I thought that they were playing better going into this and they weren't. Last year, the Kings were like six and seven in their last 15 games heading into the break. This year, the Kings are seven and eight in their last 15 games heading into the break. Like, we have to see what they do in the next two games. Hopefully, you'd at least make get it look a, split. a little nicer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a split would be huge. You know, like winning both games would be amazing. But at least a split would get you to the point where, you know, over your last seventeen games going into the break, you're like eight and nine. If you lose both these games and you're like seven and ten in your in your last seventeen games, that's not good.
0: You're seven and ten in your last seventeen games and like you just lost the game to Phoenix, but you're just battling. Yeah, no one like there's plenty not to feel good about too.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a ton. Even if you come out and, and start playing really well. And then the Kings did, you know, amazing stuff coming out of the break last year. That's where they really, really feasted, and they—I think they finished. Uh, what was it sixteen and nine in the second half? But realistically, it was sixteen and six because they just kind of cash in the last three games. they were making sure that they're healthy, and and to me, that's a big deal, right? So that can they in their final? What are they going to have left? Um, because as of right now, they've got thirty in their final twenty-eight games. Can they go? I don't know. Again. You you'd want to see. I don't think you can go twenty and eight. What do you think, seventeen and eleven? Seventeen and eleven does that does that do anything? It's <laughs> not great. I mean, it's it's good, but I don't know that it gets you. I, a, I
0: don't see a twenty and eight team. I'll be real with you.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I don't either. And and that's kind of what it's going to take if you're going to be a, a
0: five six seed. It's almost so. coming out the break. They're going to have to prove us wrong. Not more so. We're waiting to see what they're going to do but just like oh like can they do it, but just more so that you're going to have to prove us wrong from what we've seen cuz i feel pretty comfortable about this team i think yeah about what what who they are
1: i think i am too as of right now um i think if they come out with a different energy in the second half but every team gets a week off here and and i'm sure that every team has has a player too that looks like they're they're struggling to get to the break and struggling to, get to the moment and and need this like this breather as much as anyone I don't think you know Fox is alone in that. I think the biggest difference is Fox is a King's best or second best player, top two player, and and that's why we kind of see it more and we feel it more. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think too coming out the break and we talk about the final twenty eight games for the season. My goal for them, honestly, finish five or six. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to reach that that tier with the top four teams right there, but if they were able to finish at the five or six seed. Um, the rest um at coming out then the season I think, I think I think something, I think we come out the season where it's like okay yeah they, they did something right um the second part, okay and then if you're looking at the top four, like I think Minnesota is, is continues
1: to play well right and their win over the Clippers they've put up a couple of straight wins here but their win over the Clippers is it it's a win that like gives you a little bit of breathing room. They're um they're a game and a half up on Denver, who's a four seed, but Denver and the Clippers are tied in a virtual tie, and they're a game up on OKC for the number two seed. So Minnesota's holding tough, and their defense, to be honest, is is still holding tough. They're they're one of the up... few teams who still play defense in the league. Uh, no, they're the only team. It's not one of the few teams. I uh, well, I guess Cleveland, Cleveland and New York are both under 110 points per game. Yeah, New York's in there. Um, but the 107 per game from Minnesota is pretty stunning. Um, but if I'm looking at these guys, like I could easily see Oklahoma coming back down to earth. They play really hard. They're they're very, very talented, but they're also very young. They haven't been there before. I think that there, there could be a concern about them in the second half of the season because they haven't been to this position before. They're kind of like the kings of last year, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, there's definitely a world in which I could see them like sort of falling back.
0: Okay, all right, let me turn that around then. You can see them falling back, but you, can you see any of those other teams in that next tier kind of like making a run to kind of move up into that tier, like maybe a Phoenix, Pelicans, the Kings?
1: Yeah, I definitely could see Phoenix going on a run where they're just monsters, and they're cranking up and getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I think, again, for me, if you look at this stretch of games that the Kings are in right now, like it's really brutal. They had like an eight-game stretch here where most teams are playoff teams. Most teams are really, really good teams. And you're going to struggle to get wins. Like if you were to split and go four and four over like this eight game stretch that they're in the middle of, I think you would have done well. And I don't know that they they can do that. But you know we start with Denver, and then uh, OKC that they already did, and then Phoenix and Denver, and then they they come out of the break. I think they have the Spurs, then they have something like Denver again. Uh, Minnesota and then one other high quality team, which I'm not. Remembering.
0: It's not so much the like the tough um, stretches of games where you're playing, like you said, you just drew it out right there. With um, a bunch of good teams coming up, it's not that that scares me. It's the because I know the t- Kings can compete. It's more so the Kings that scare you coming up. I feel like just more so like I know you can compete with these teams. I know you can get wins, but it's just, are you going to?
1: Yeah, are you going to? But no, I mean that's that's a question. But again, okay, so we get Phoenix, Denver, uh, the Spurs, the Clippers, the Heat, the Nuggets, Timberwolves. Then you go into another group of games where, okay, this is where you, if you're going to make a move, this is where you do it. It's, it's an early March. It's a Bulls, Lakers, Spurs, Rockets, Bucks, Lakers, Knicks, Grizzlies, Raptors, Wizards, uh, Magic. Like that's a group of games, like a 10-game stretch where maybe even 12-game stretch where you could start to make some headway. And that's, if you're the Kings, you have to survive these tough patches in order to get to the soft spots. But there's like not a lot of soft spots left.
0: There's not, but like, they, like it's, it's, it, all, it all just comes back down to the Kings. Like, you're a good team. You can compete with anyone. It's just, it's up to them.
1: No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So
0: um, I'm not sure how it's going to play out, Jesse, but. They'll go four and four. I bet you they go five and four. I bet you they have it. That, um, It's a good stretch of games. I bet you. It's okay. just because it's it's just what they do. Do you think they'll crack that that top? Do you think that they can finish five or six, or do you think they can get above that? I think they can do five and six Um, the rest of the season, going down the rest of the season. The top four, that ship sailed when they didn't make a move at the trade deadline.
1: Hmm. Okay. So you believe that continuity is not, like... Like, again, it's the question I asked Monty, which he kind of clapped back at, like... I used his own words. Like, the maintain and improve. Like, I, I think that they... I thought they could maintain, but now I'm a little sketchy on whether they can maintain because I have much. I thought the vibe going into the
0: second half last year was a lot better than the vibe going in this for this year. for this season. It kind of makes me a little nervous, but I think broader picture, nothing's changed for me. I think you could still be the team you want to come the off season if you make that move. Like for this season, sure, you didn't make a move. Uh, I don't know if you're getting out the first round you're kinda of scaring us a bit. You look like you might be a play in team. But I think broader picture, like we get to the off season, I think you could still make that move where it's like you're not necessarily you didn't take any really steps back, bigger pictures. Just you need that bigger move where you get that third player or whatever it is that takes you to the next tier. So I think I think they're fine. Um like as far as like, you know, going forward, but as far as this season, yeah, it is a little worrisome, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's a little worrisome. Now, I'm gonna ask the horrible question. Uh What's your confidence level that they avoid the play in and Maybe even avoid getting bounced out and not making the playoffs.
0: I'm gonna go I'm gonna go above average confidence. I'm gonna go with six. I, I I think I think they can beat a Dallas in the I I think they'll avoid I don't know, James. This team I, I can't even I can't even say. This team gives me no confidence. I don't know. Ask them. Like they, they one day they look good, the next day they lose to the six one pistons. I don't know. I'm trying, but it's like I think I also think they can't, like I can see it going the other way you could see it just like complete, complete i'm in the middle i'm at a 5 i'm in the middle it's like uh-huh. maybe i could see him going the other way where i'm at a 4 do you know uh, maybe you it's know, a 6
1: do you know how catastrophic missing the playoffs would be it'd
0: be horrible
1: uh, not only for the confidence of the team but the confidence of everything else like like you could have knee jerk reactions from Ownership. You that's could, a, that's
0: a definitive step back, right there. Yeah, it's a definitive. I, I don't I, want them to get into oof. the play-in, but if you get into the play-in, you better get into the playoffs. Otherwise, we're gonna talk. It's gonna be ugly. Yes, yeah, that is yeah. not okay. Not making. I'll say this: not making the playoffs. Like you can finish at the end of the regular season seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. Get in the playoffs because if you don't, then that's the issue.
1: Okay, that's gonna be like a, a huge issue. Yes, well, which and it, it, like it's a it's an issue for a bunch of different reasons. Number one. Like your fan base is going to be like angry, especially with what the Kings did to their ticket prices. Like what what the Kings did with their ticket prices when they made the playoffs, is like it's a high price ticket. Now it's it's not it's not realistic. Like oh no no like it, and if you're going to ask that if you're going to want the though to give you want it, that to be the ticket price, then you got to do better than JaVale McGree, McGee, Chris Duarte... Uh, and Sasha Vazenkov as your off-season haul, and you got to do better than dumping, uh, you know, getting Robin Lopez and, and saving a million bucks as your second pick well, a, well, at, the th- at your trade deadline. That's
0: the thing, Monty. You didn't make any moves like at the trade deadline. That's fine. We get into playoffs, cool. We don't get into the playoffs, like that's going to be a conversation that gets revisited. Where it's like, hey, maybe if Monty made a made a move or whatever, like that maybe would have helped
1: a year and a half realistically yeah. since he's made. Like he hasn't made a move really since he signed uh Malik Monk and and traded for Kevin Herter and drafted Keegan Murray.
0: That was the last big impact ones probably.
1: No, outside of that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like yeah. everything else is you already did. Like you can't say, Well, we we retained Harrison Barnes or we we retained Trey Lyles is like okay, those were already here. Like what have you done? So I think it puts him in a really, really bad spot
0: there's pressure. You added some pressure from that question cuz now now we got to talk and there's some pressure. I don't think like anything like anything crazy is going to happen but more so like like make the playoffs this year. Yeah, make the playoffs. And then I'll I'll throw this in, Jesse. You know what happens if you don't make the playoffs? What's that?
1: You have to use your 2024 draft pick, which means you don't have a war chest to deal with. Cuz as of right now, July 1st, they get all their picks back so they have 25 26 27 28 29 30 and 31 they've got 7 years worth of draft picks which they can trade every other one so they've got four separate they could trade f- four picks for in one deal they got they've got all kinds of things that they can do but if not now your 25 26 and 27 picks are still tied up and you can't trade technically a pick until 28. There's some stakes in the game here. Yeah, and even the 28, you can trade 28 and 30, but you can't trade, or you can t- trade 29 and 31, but it, it's a mess. You go from having a, a war chest to not having much,
0: being in the yeah, same exact position
1: you are right now, right? So, well, yeah. It's
0: it's, it's it's like, it's like too. You didn't make the move, and and it's like whether you make playoffs or not. It's like no matter what, the move does need to happen this this off too. I think Damien has brought it up on D1KC before. Like the move does need to happen now. This come this coming off season. I don't think we can wait any much any more longer.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you.
0: All right, we're gonna
1: step aside, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk about some of the other things around the league. We've got uh, this Cal Kuzma story, which is really interesting, where he he was honest uh, with the Wizards and said, I, I'm okay here. I don't want to go to the Dallas Mavericks. What does that mean about Kyle Kuzma? Uh, Tim Tend- uh, Bontemps has his MVP ladder on ESPN. We'll dive into that. We're the insiders here on ESPN 1320 brought to you by Jiffy Lube. See you in a minute